Welcome to another edition of the official Jets podcast powered by Amazon Web Services. The opponent preview series wrapping up as the Jets host the Browns in week 16. Of course, the Jets then travel to Foxborough in week 17. But given that EA and I already broke down the Patriots, we're not going to break them down again. So this is the final opponent preview series. We're joined by Browns insider Nathan Zagura. We talked all things Jets Browns and EA this game in week 16 is the single and only game in the final quarter of the season that's actually at home for the New York Jets. Yeah, you're going to have to take care of business at home. You're starting that final quarter at Seattle and a Seahawks team who predominantly over the years has played very well at home. That's followed by a trip to the LA Rams, and you'll see their new stadium. Uh, So NFC West back-to-back set. You come home and face the Browns and you finish off against the New England Patriots. This is a Cleveland team that I think has a lot of parallels with the New York Jets. Now, where the Jets are at, a little bit further along in their leadership structure, Adam Gase and Joe Douglas a year under their belts, whereas Cleveland is starting off with their new GM and new head coach dynamic, but both teams emphasize the offensive line in the offseason. And again, the future of both of these franchises figure to be tied to their young quarterbacks. That is Baker Mayfield in Cleveland and Sam Darnold in New York. The Jets have a little bit of payback, I think, for the Browns after what's happened to them in the last couple of years. The timing of this matchup might not behoove the Jets as much as, let's say, last year where these teams met in week two because the Browns, new coach, new system, new players on both sides of the ball, even though there is a lot of talent on that offense. You know, if the Jets were to play the Browns at the same time that they did last year in week two, they might have a better chance only because by the time these two teams face in week 16, the Browns will, I would assume, already have everything in sync. So it's probably going to be a better matchup, but, you know, to the disadvantage, perhaps, of the Jets. Yeah, we'll have to see what happens. I mean, the injury bug hit the Jets hard last year. So, I mean, if you are you were facing, even though the Jets were able to get hot in that second half of the season, but... Um, Yeah, I I imagine Cleveland will have some kind of growing pains because they got a new offensive system. They have a new defensive system, an entire new staff, and they did not have the benefit of getting on the field in the spring. With that being said, they got a lot of talent on this team. And, you know, if their main weakness last year offensively was the offensive line, and you could say the same thing for the New York Jets, look at what they did. They went out and got a big right tackle on free agency and Jack Conklin. And then they went out and get got Jedrick Wills, um, the pick before the Jets took Mekhi Becton. And as you know, Green, since he did so much draft study this previous year, this year, Wills played entirely at right tackle at Alabama. But for the Cleveland Browns, he's going to be lining up at the left side. But uh, the Browns definitely have a lot of skill position talent. You think about Nick Chubb in the backfield, Odell Beckham Jr., Jarvis Landry. They traded for Austin Hooper uh, at the tight end position. I mean, Baker Mayfield's got plenty of targets. So if they're able to implement that system quickly, this is a team that could have a prolific offense. 
Yeah, I totally agree with that. I mean, last year, all the hype was around the Browns with Baker Mayfield, who had a sensational back half of his rookie season with Odell Beckham Jr. and the guys that you just mentioned. And, you know, we'll see what happens this year. I would imagine that they would be an improved team, especially on offense, but we'll see. And let's hear from Browns insider Nathan Zagura to hear his thoughts on this Browns team. So it feels like the Jets and the Browns are almost kind of had parallel off seasons in terms of the offensive line up front. I know a lot of Jets fans were thinking, okay, who are the Browns going to take at 10? It's probably an offensive lineman. They end up going with Jedrick Wills. What's that offensive line look like entering 2020? Can you talk about what the issues were for the group last season? Yeah, I mean, obviously that was clearly priority number one for Browns general manager Andrew Barry and head coach Kevin Stefanski to address that offensive line. And last year you saw Chris Hubbard and Greg Robinson, two guys who played very well down the stretch of the 2018 season, really struggle in 2019. And the line kind of got pushed around. Baker was feeling a lot of pressure, sometimes reacting to pressure that wasn't there because it had become so commonplace. And so they wanted to go ahead and address that. And in free agency, they went out and they get Jack Conklin, a former first team all pro right tackle, also one of the best outside zone tackles in the NFL. And then on the other side, you bring in Jedrick Wills with the 10th overall pick. And I defer in matters of offensive line play to Joe Thomas and get to do a lot of shows with Joe via the Browns. And and he thought Jedrick was by far and away the best tackle prospect in this draft. Uh, Loved his feet, loved his tenacity. He is going to have to make that transition from the right side to the left side. In, In Alabama, he was protecting to his blind side, but the guy only allowed one sack in the SEC playing against elite competition. So that was really the key was to get those tackles. And really the offseason in general is just about making everything perfect for Baker Mayfield so that he can thrive. And so you get Conklin at right tackle. You've got Wills at left tackle. You've got a two-time pro bowler and Joel Batonio at left guard, one of the best guards in the NFL. JC Treaders, your center, one of the best centers in the league. And right guard's really the only spot that's kind of open, you know, for competition. And it could be Wyatt Teller, a young man, that the Browns acquired from the Bills last season, who's got 15 career starts under his belt, started the final nine games, 16, I'm sorry, started the final nine games for the Browns a year ago. Uh, Chris Hubbard's a guy who played there at times for the Steelers, so maybe he could kick inside, and there are other young guys competing, but that was really one of the big priorities. Get this line right, get guys with good movement skills as well to run this outside zone scheme, uh, and that's exactly what the Browns did. New leadership structure in place. You mentioned it with Barry and Stefanski. What do you make of the dynamic thus far? And with the Browns not able to see the grass in the spring like every team in the National Football League, is it advantageous for opponents to play them early in the season as opposed to when the Jets will get them, which is December? Yeah, we'll see how that all shakes out in terms of, you know, the preparations. I know that the Browns have worked uh, with our video department hand in hand and have put together really these coaching tapes and and really the players have actually liked it. And I've talked to some of the veterans on our team and they said, you know, we're further along than we would have been having been on the grass, at least mentally for us getting into the playbook, understanding the techniques they want us to utilize in these schemes, both on the offensive and defensive sides of the ball. But you'd have to imagine a team that is implementing new offenses and new defenses is going to be behind a team that's got continuity there. So that could be something we'll see. I also think teams though that are relying on, for example, the Bengals relying on a rookie quarterback 
is that going to be tough for Joe Burrow early in the season? And we'll find that out when, when they get to play football. But back to the, the new structure, and I would say it is one. They are one. They are absolutely unified. Uh, General Manager Andrew Barry and Head Coach Kevin Stefanski, I like to say they have the three Ps. They've got a plan. They've got a process and they're prepared. So they're prepared to come with a plan. Then they have a process to implement that plan. And we've seen that throughout the entire off season in terms of what they're trying to do, their cohesive vision for what they want this Browns football team to look like on both sides of the ball. And, and it's been fun. Uh, Andrew Barry is a guy that I liked a lot his first time around with the Browns. Then he goes to Philadelphia and, and learned a lot from Howie Roseman in his year there. Now the youngest GM in NFL history. And Kevin Stefanski is a guy just very intelligent, very calm, has that quiet confidence. And uh, so far, given he's had to deal with so much, right, coronavirus, uh, the social justice issues, the players on this team have really responded to his leadership style and know that, you know, he has their back 100%. You know, Nathan, I feel like when you think of the Browns, all eyes will go to the offensive side of the ball with Baker Mayfield, Odell, Jarvis, Nick Chubb, and the revamped offensive line. But what do you make? of this defense entering this season I think it's got a lot of potential and I think you know Joe Woods is a guy that everywhere he's been has had success he's kind of brought in as a DB coach was the defensive coordinator uh in Denver for a couple of years when they were playing still at a high level after he replaced uh Wade Phillips and then he goes to the 49ers and he's the DB coach and obviously every time he's coaching DBs he sends lots of people to the Pro Bowl and so when you look at this defense I think it's built up front and it's built on the back end uh, if there is a question mark, it's at linebacker. But up front, you're starting front four right now. Miles Garrett on one side, Olivier Vernon on the other side, and then you've got Sheldon Richardson, a guy you guys are very familiar with, obviously, uh, from the, his time with the Jets, and Larry Joby in the middle. But I really thought they solidified the depth. They brought in Adrian Claiborne, a former first-round pick, who spent time with the Patriots, went in a Super Bowl there, had some great years with the Falcons as well to be that kind of third pass rusher. You get Andrew Billings, who had been a longtime starter, for the Cincinnati Bengals as your backup defensive tackle, and then get a guy in the third round that I think has a chance to be a pretty good situational pass rusher from the interior as a rookie and Jordan Elliott out of Missouri. So you feel good up front. The back end, your starting corners, first rounder Denzel Ward, who's been to a pro bowler last year, second rounder Greedy Williams, who's got a lot of potential, a former first rounder and Kevin Johnson, who played for the Bills and that great defense a year ago in the slot. And then at the safety position, you bring in Carl Joseph uh, from the Raiders, another former first round pick, and then add in Grant Delpit. And I think the Browns really got a steal of the draft in Delpit and a lot of people liken him to Jamal Adams when he was at LSU. And he's a free safety who can come down, he can hit, he can cover, take the football away. And so I think the front end and the back end of these defenses are very good. The middle of the defense, you know, when Joe Schobert and Christian Kirksey go out, there's going to be a void. And we've got talented young guys, Mac Wilson out of Alabama, entering his second year, who started 14 games a year ago for the Browns. Uh, Jacob Phillips, we drafted in the third round out of LSU. We brought in DJ Goodson, uh, who's got 29 career starts, which is actually the most of anybody in our linebacker room by a lot. And then last year's third round pick, Sione Taki Taki. So a lot of opportunity in there. And I also should mention Andrew Sandejo, the 10 year veteran also on the back end of this defense. So you're, you're good and deep and talented on the front and the back end. The opportunities are going to come in the middle, but this is a defense where you expect to get to the quarterback with that front four led, obviously by miles Garrett. It's a regular occurrence for the jets and the Browns to meet up in the regular season. We saw that early last season at MetLife stadium, uh, miles Garrett all over the place. In fact, he ended the season for, Jets backup quarterback Trevor Simeon at the time. But where is Miles Garrett's 
head uh, where's miles garrett's head at here this off season coming off the suspension after what happened that uh fight on the field with the pittsburgh steelers and of course quarterback mason rudolph and what do teams second part of this question is what are the jets going to have to do to slow him down because when he's been on the field nobody's been slowing him down yeah, first part, in terms of where his head at, obviously you want to put that behind you, what happened last year, an ugly incident. He's obviously apologized for it. it there's no place for it. He knows that, and uh, I think he wants to make amends, and the only way to kind of put something like that behind you is with dominant play on the field. And the good news for Miles Garrett is being dominant when on the field, that probably comes easier to him than anything on the planet. And so how do you slow him down? I don't know. I think it's it's very difficult. It's a guy, 10 sacks in 10 games last year, 13 and a half the year before, always has one of the best, you know, pass rush win rates in the NFL he's an elite pass rusher and you got Olivier Vernon on the other side I know that there's been talk the Browns have been talking with Jadavian Clowney uh, as well you bring in a guy like Claiborne who once had six sacks in a game Sheldon can get to the quarterback Ogan Joby is a defensive tackle five and a half sacks each of the last two years so the Browns are going to have a lot of pass rush. you got to double Miles Garrett which means the other guys have to win their one-on-ones and sometimes even doubling Miles Garrett isn't enough he is a, a physical specimen unlike any I've seen in my time here in the NFL, which is going, I'm going into my eighth season. He, he's an unbelievable per player and an unbelievable defensive end. Nathan, do you anticipate that this new defensive staff will continue to move him around? Absolutely. I think you look at what the 49ers did. We brought in Chris Kiffin, who was their pass rush coordinator last year with the Niners in that front and the way they would move Nick Bosa around and utilize all their weapons up there. Uh, the Browns are going to have similar weapons. They don't have five first rounders in their defensive line rotation, but they do have Miles and Sheldon who are both first rounders. They've got a couple third rounders uh, as well to move around in there. And so I do think the Browns actually have three Claiborne's a first rounder as well. I do think you're going to see him moving around because that's what you want to do. Keep people guessing, have them have to slide their protections wherever he is so that you can create one-on-ones for others. And also at times put them in position where they can't double miles Garrett based on what they've called. So yeah, he rushes from the inside. In fact, it was his first career sack came from the inside against your jets uh, back in his rookie season. Nathan on the offensive side of the ball with the new personnel and a new head coach, offensive coordinator, why is this offense supposedly a better fit for the personnel that's in place? Because clearly there's a lot of talent on that side of the ball. Well, first of all, it's just a scheme that works, right? I mean, you look at this Shanahan Kubiak scheme and everywhere it's implemented in the NFL, it works. Uh, for quarterbacks, it creates a black and white reads. They try to eliminate the gray. And for Baker Mayfield in particular, this is an offense that's going to be built on the outside zone running game. And then the keepers is which they call the bootlegs and the play actions off of that. Uh, Baker last year, his quarterback rating with play action was 40 points higher than it was without play action his completion percentage was 10 points higher his touchdown to interception ratio was significantly better so he's a quarterback that's done a better job off of play action in his career and actually being under center and so you're going to see a lot of that and you think about this is a team that's primarily going to run two receivers two tight ends one running back 11 person i'm sorry 12 personnel so when you see that 12 personnel look for the browns you're going to have Pro bowlers at both receiver positions, Odell Beckham Jr., Jarvis Landry, a two-time pro bowler at your top tight end spot, and Austin Hooper, who we haven't talked about, brought into this, grew up in this scheme in the NFL in his first two seasons in the league with Kyle Shanahan in Atlanta. Your other tight end is former first-round pick David Njoku, who's a supreme athlete who 
people forget, but two years ago had over 600 yards receiving for the Browns before suffering that injury last year in week two against the, uh, the Jets there at MetLife Stadium. You're running back Nick Chubb, the second leading rusher in the NFL. Your backup running back, and I shouldn't say backup, but your co-starter and a guy they're going to figure out how to use. Kareem Hunt, I think a lot of people forget the Browns have Kareem Hunt, who led the NFL in rushing in 2017 and 11 games in 18 at 14 touchdowns. was averaging over 100 total yards a game with the Chiefs. So there is a lot of talent on there. It sets up for Baker's skill set very, very well, and it sets up for our receiver skill sets and the tight end skill sets very well. And you know how great Nick Chubb is, but one of the best outside zone runners in the league, and that's going to be the staple of this offense. You think about the Minnesota Vikings and what they were able to do last year and their top, you know, five playmakers or digs Thielen, who was hurt for most of the year, Kyle Rudolph, Irv Smith and Dalvin cook with Kirk cousins. That's good, but that's not Odell Jarvis, Kareem hunt, Nick Chubb, Austin Hooper, David Njoku. So the Browns really have the personnel for this offense and it's a great scheme. It's one that works. And now it's going to be on Baker. Everything's there for him. the schemes there. The supporting cast is there. The line is there. It's all there. And now it's time for Baker Mayfield to kind of seize that and, and show that he is that guy that can lead this team to real success. Well, you just set it up on a tee for me. Uh, Baker Mayfield, a couple of years ago, the number one overall selection in the draft out of Oklahoma. A lot of people thought Sam Darnold was going to go to the Browns at number one. But the Jets move up from six to three and they take the USC product. Both of these guys enter in important year three. Now, Baker last year passes for more than 3,800 yards, 22 touchdown passes. But the number that jumped out to me was the 21 interceptions. Do you think we're going to see a more mature Baker Mayfield, meaning he's not going to press the issue so much because a lot of times last year he might have been doing that because maybe he was running for his life and feeling that pressure because it was getting to him. I think there are a couple things. First of all, we're going to find out what the best of Baker Mayfield is this year. And I have a feeling it's going to be good. I mean, he even admitted last year he had a lot going on in the offseason and wasn't as prepared as he needed to be for the season. And now he did get better with the turnovers as the season went on, but it was a big problem. And Baker's got to go ahead and become that guy who takes care of the football, a steward of the football. You look at the numbers Kirk Cousins puts up. You look at what even Jimmy Garoppolo. So we're not going the most elite quarterbacks, but guys in a system like this, they're very efficient and they take care of the football. And that's part of what this system does is it creates pretty easy throws for the quarterback. See, if you watch the Viking state from last year, when Kevin Stefanski was the offense coordinator, there are a lot of easy throws there for Kirk Cousins. And so for Baker, I think you're going to get that, get him out on the edge. You know, last year, there were a lot of factors that went into that. Uh, teams would, you know, have a feel for what the Browns were going to do offensively. The Browns felt they didn't have an identity week to week. And I think there were struggles there and everybody would admit it, but this is a new opportunity, but it's a huge season for Baker Mayfield. And let's not forget if we were talking after the second half of the 2018 season, you're talking about Baker Mayfield having a chance to become one of the true superstars in the game. Last year was a step back. I think this year he gets right back on the correct path and really has a lot of success in an offense with a supporting cast that's really tailor-made for his skill set. EA, given everything that you and I have discussed so far and that Nathan has since added to the discussion, where do you see the Jets finding success against this Browns team? And if this Browns offense ends up firing on a lot or all of their cylinders, how do you stop a group like this? Well, it, it's going to be interesting the way they use Baker Mayfield this year. Uh, is 
Nathan was talking about uh, what we saw in Minnesota last year when Stefanski was leading that offense. They got Kirk Cousins out there on the boot a lot, using him on the run and throwing the football and also the play-action game. Baker Mayfield is an extremely accurate quarterback when he is given time to throw. When he got in trouble last year was when he trusted himself probably too much and he forced the ball in there. 21 interceptions. Can Greg Williams force him into some mistakes? And how are all those new pieces going to be working together? Now, remember, Jarvis Landry, Juice can bring it, but he had off-season surgery, so we'll have to see how the Browns operate offensively at least earlier in the year. On the opposite side of the football, you have to make sure that Miles Garrett doesn't wreck your day. Nathan's right. You're going to have to double-team him, but they will move him around, and they're going to try to exploit some matchups, but they have better depth in, in there, up there. Olivia Vernon on the other side can bring it. Sheldon Richardson, uh, Jets fans know him quite well. He's still a, a big-time interior presence, I think. What's going to happen with them at the linebacker position? Denzel Ward is definitely their number one quarterback. They like what they've done over the last couple years in the draft, getting Greedy Williams and coming back this year with Grant Delpit. Uh, Delpit, excuse me. So, listen, Browns have definitely added pieces. And you can make the argument that around the National Football League, this is a top five offseason. But how is it all going to come together because there's a lot of new there. Again, uh, as Nathan pointed out and alluded to, Baker Mayfield's got a lot of pieces right now. Now we're going to find out a lot about him. He is going to be forever linked to Sam Darnold because a couple uh, months prior to that 2018 draft, we all thought that Sam Darnold was headed to Cleveland. Yeah, I, I think what you just said and what Nathan said really hits the nail on the head. Everything is there for Baker Mayfield. This is now on his shoulders to take this offense to the next level. And that was the final edition of the opponent preview series here on the official Jets podcast powered by Amazon Web Services. Next up, EA and I are going to take a little break and then we'll be back for training camp and preview what's to come for the Jets when they finally touch the grass. 